0: All around, yeah. Dirty laundry. Good afternoon. Good morning. I should say it's ten o'clock. But if you've been up since six, it feels like it should be this afternoon. It does. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to WMNF Radio. This is Dirty Laundry. I'm one half of your co-host team. I'm Mario Nunez, seated alongside my broadcast partner, John
1: Dingfeller. Good morning, Mario. Good morning, good morning, you, Jay- Jason. Good morning, to you, J.D. and Jason Marlow. to be
0: here. Ah, he's our board operator, and let me tell you, he 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 handles. All things for this dynamic duo. Let's uh, let's say right up at the top of the show, we've got something that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, right, fellas? We've been talking about uh, things that are just getting stuck in our crawl. We're Indeed, gonna, we're going to go around the horn and do a lightning round with that. I think we should start off with the uh, senior elder statesman here, JD. What's your first? What's your first pet peeve?
1: Well, well my first pet peeve is you forgot to introduce Lynn Marvin Dingfelder, <laughs> who is answering the phone. There you go, our hero. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, that's
0: right. Let's give Lynn. Bell ring and right up at the top. Guys. There she
1: is. There thank she is.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to Down and Dirty, you guys.
1: <laughs> good morning. Good morning, all. It's, uh, for those of you who want to call in a little later in the show, uh, we're going to have a very special guest, and the phone number is 813 239 9663. Call in uh, a little bit later in the show, and we'll see if yeah, you we can get load you on. those
0: calls right now. Lynn's ready to talk to you guys. Yeah. We'll,
1: we'll put you in the queue. All right. So, anyway, um, for pet peeve number one yes. is, uh, and I'm going to address this later with our guest. The, the governor uh, vetoed uh, a, a proposal to encourage gov- local governments to have electric vehicles and, in the state of Florida, which is what's amazing is, is the state legislature voted almost unanimously on both sides of the aisle for this bill. Uh, to have state governments uh, have more electric cars. At, in the city of Tampa, when I was there, that was one of my big things, is let's buy electric cars. Not only for the the good of the city, but actually to encourage everybody to see our electric cars and say, hey, I should buy those too. If they're doing it, we should do it too. The You're governor, here? for some unknown <clears throat> political reason, <laughs> uh, vetoed vetoed that yesterday or the day before. And how horrendous is that? In
0: keeping with uh, with Tallahassee and all things uh, Florida, the Florida Board of Education is now adopting a new policy whereby uh, we're going to, I guess, uh, recreate uh, history here in the United States of America, by which I mean that we're going to now reteach s- the history of slavery. And I guess yep. the, the catch line here is that, you know, slavery might not have been so bad for some folks. Hey, we taught them some skills. You know, we taught them how to do things that otherwise they might not have... Learn to do. And just the fact that we are we are even attempting to uh, to mandate teaching K through 12 uh, American history is is uh, uh, I am at a loss for words. So the Florida Board of Education, shame. Shame on you.
3: So sort of building on that, uh, you Tampa Bay Times had an article just the other day about we're losing faculty. At major universities all across the state, we are seeing a physical brain drain of less people wanting to enroll here and of going course. to graduate and Ph.D. programs. And you know, this is going to hurt our tax base five, ten years down from the road. You know, it's, it's, it's not just the problem now. It's the problem in the future. Lenny, you got something on that?
2: Uh, nothing negative. I'm just happy about the Barbie movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: pink, pink is the color for the weekend for sure, John. Uh, Lynn, you took my number three item. I got oh. Barbie. I got Barbie written here. Nice one of, job. One Johnny. of the one of the funniest things I saw in the preview of the Barbie movie was was the fact that at a certain point during the movie, Barbie's feet start going flat, and all of her girlfriends right, go.
2: No, no aging jokes, please. <laughs>
1: all of her girlfriends go. Oh my. <laughs> anyway interest rates this is good news hopefully it will continue interest rates uh, seem to be dropping a little bit and that's good for everybody in regard to affordable affordable housing all right so affordable housing
0: was the pet peeve but the the antithesis to that or the, the counter to that is the good <laughs> news this is a down and dirty segment we called what's bugging you so so i'm gonna i'm gonna offer this uh, this weekend the major league baseball uh hall of fame will be inducting two new members one of which is West Tampa and Carver City's own Freddie McGriff, the Crime Dog, a.k.a. the Crime Dog. Let's give him a ring. Taking a bite out of crime. The Crime Dog is finally getting his due. And whilst we are all happy, happy about Freddie's um, new enshrinement into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame... Here comes the down and the dirty part about this. Whatever happened to Sweet Lou Pinella? Why is Sweet right. Lou Pinella not right. uh-huh. in the Hall of Fame? Mm. There are only 13, man- there are 13 managers in Major League Baseball history with more wins than Sweet Lou Pinella Tampa Zone. And twelve of them are enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Lest we forget that Lou in nineteen sixty nine was the Rookie of the Year. He has a World Championship ring with the New York Yankees, as well as manager with the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, do
1: you think they have, a, do they have a quota on Tampa inductees? No, I you don't think, think that's it. I,
0: I think know. Sweet Lou threw a lot of bases around, yeah, and maybe and maybe it put some people out and off. And we just need to maybe we need to rally around best
3: group. baseball manager tirades in the history of the sport,
0: and and one of the best managers in the history of the sport took teams like the Chicago Cubs the Seattle Mariners, the Tampa Bay Rays, and turned them around at a time when it couldn't be done. Sweet Lou, we're going to get you in. You know, Jason? I'm,
1: not, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I love when you see managers come out and kick kick mud at the, at the umpires. That always cracked me up. Yeah, he was great at it. He was a professional mud
3: kicker. I would say another thing that's uh, irritating me, we have... Uh, you know this emerging scandal we sort of talked about last week going on with the Tampa Mobility Department. We don't really know what's happening, but we know that four leading women who have been in senior positions within that department have all fled over the last month. Nobody really knows what's going on. There's a lot of speculation, but you can rest assured somebody's probably going to get scapegoated.
1: We could uh, we could invite the city to come on, but they probably wouldn't because it's going to be pending lawsuits. Hmm, that is correct. So there would be that um, that uh, what's 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 the call when you can't a gag text, order.
0: the NDA? Yeah, gag yeah, order. Yeah, gag me. Go ahead. Johnny, what you Number got? Number three? You, know Number three? I'm you got out. Barbie, I'm but now- she took Barbie. I'm
3: so you're gonna out. just take a hard pass are on you, that? Are you gonna be <laughs> mad at
0: Oppenheimer instead, or <laughs> which opens today, by the way. And it's it's it's. I've seen the everybody's seen the trailers. It looks to be incredible. Okay, so I'll take I'll I'll go one step further, and we talked about it last week and uh, two weeks ago, and we're we're going to continue to hammer this. Hey, the atmosphere, the world, Florida, and the world at all is on fire. Okay, It's on fire. Mm-hmm. the Gulf of Mexico on fire the uh, the, the Southern Atlantic uh, leading into the Caribbean on fire. And right now, if you don't think it's something that we need to be preoccupied and concerned with, I mean we've got coral bleaching taking place, the temperature mm-hmm. in the Gulf and in the in the ocean you know up, upwards of 92 93
1: degrees and it doesn't rain. And we're going to be talking to our special guest about some of those issues and yeah she that's has a great a, tease right there Johnny she, has, she has an amazing insight. On that, uh, as a former major state official, yeah, it's a great tease.
3: Jason, give us your third pet peeve. Well, well, actually, I'm going to build off that because you know you're talking about how things are getting so hot. We saw Phoenix. I think it's what 19 straight days over, over 100. 100. Miami. I mean, like we are temperature experiencing heat index. Heat. Yeah, I, it, the there seems to be days. a lack of concern about the fact that we are approaching temperatures that we're just not supposed to live in. We're not unsustainable. Supposed to see, they really are unsustainable, and that's going to be sort of leading into my third little thing that's irritating me, which is also going to segue us. Into our special guest, what a wonderful little intersection that we are building. If you saw in the Times just a couple days ago, we saw that strawberries are genuinely at risk here in this okay. county.
2: Hold on. Thanks.
3: And that is going to lead to a whole lot of issues for us. We're talking Plant City, the state capital. It grows 88% of the state affords strawberries, which is a $400 million-plus industry. And I know
1: it's a place that's very near and dear to your heart. All right. Well, it looks like uh, our special guest who's calling in today, uh, I assume perhaps from Tallahassee or somewhere else in the state, we'll find out, Um, she's calling in. And Jason, you got a little intro song for our special guest. I do indeed. Here we go. Let's hope she enjoys this. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Children
0: of a certain age can, can't get enough
1: of that early TV. I grew up with my parents singing that song. We could not resist that song. Our special guest today is former Agriculture and Consumer Affairs Commissioner Nikki Fried. Uh, Nikki, are you there? I
4: certainly am.
1: Did you enjoy the song?
4: I did. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: definitely had a chuckle. There we go. We, we were laughing, too. <laughs> well, all right uh, Commissioner Freed, let me uh, give a little intro on your on your bio and you and I actually uh, have a lot in common. Uh, we're both uh, you and Mario and I are, are Jason too. I think no South, South Florida, and Florida no, natives, not Florida natives. All right. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> Commissioner Commissioner Nikki Freed was, I believe, born, but I know she was raised in South Florida. Mm-hmm. She and I have in common: we're both double Gators with an undergrad degree at, at University of Florida and a law degree at the University of Florida. There you go. Go Gators. Go Gators. And uh, but unlike me, who screwed off and partied, Nikki during <laughs> Nikki during. During her undergraduate career, was student body president, very impressive, and also a member of Florida Blue Key. Uh, I attended Gator Growl, loaded. Um, (laughs) Nikki uh, served us so well, uh, well, she practiced law for many years, and then she went on to run for statewide office uh, and became agricultural commissioner. Uh, I believe in, what was that, 2018? in one of the most narrow elections. I mean, I remember working on the, Couple calling ball- people to help call ballots to make sure we got over the, cross the line. 7,000 votes out of millions. Um, she served as agricultural commissioner for four years. She's the only woman to serve in, in that position. And um, and during her tenure there, she addressed all agricultural and consumer affair issues, but also very uniquely uh, gun control Issues uh, and medical marijuana issues. Uh, She sat. It's a very important position because as as, uh, Ag Commissioner, you sit with the governor and cabinet and she's the she was the only Democrat sitting there. Uh, we can talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. She voluntarily gave up her seat uh, to run for governor, and we appreciate that effort. Mm-hmm. And in, in 2023, this past February, she was elected by Florida Democrats to serve as the chairman of the Florida Democratic Party. I'm sure there's a lot we could, more we could say, <laughs> Ms. Nikki Freed, but, uh, but there you go. I'm John Dingfelder. These other voices are Mario Nunez. Mario Nunez, welcome, Commissioner. And, well, thank you. And Jason Marlow, who I believe you know. Pleasure yes, to speak with you again, Nikki.
3: Thank you so I'd much like for everything.
4: To y'all too. Well, first i I'd, I'd want to do small, two small corrections. One, I definitely party throughout college. How can you go to the University of Florida? And not. <laughs> uh, so it was more of a balancing act than anything else. All right. Yeah. We're
1: proud <laughs> of we're proud of you on that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I have a master's in campaigning, too, from UF. I actually have three degrees from the University of Florida. Whoa. Good for you. Triple. Now, was that after your law degree? It was in conjunction. So I started uh, the first year of law school. Then the first year of the master's in the last two years was a Uh, overlapped on on classes so it's done at the same time
1: well i have i have a, a bachelor's from uf in agriculture and a master's from virginia tech in agriculture so therefore we do have a lot in common yes of course a lot yeah. of agriculture expertise. I'll I'm little insufficient today, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason had a question
3: uh, to lead us off. Well, yeah. So, you know, as, as we mentioned, we were talking about the uh, concerns with Florida's $400 million strawberry industry. You know, John here hails from the Great Plant City, which I came to love over my time campaigning in the old House District 58, getting to know folks out in Bealsville in that area. And it's really concerning to hear that by 2050, we're looking at potentially not having Uh, the industry home to where, I mean, we have the Strawberry Festival. It's become part of our culture, right? And so I guess the concern is what are we doing as a state? What can we do? And frankly, how do we get people to care?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, those are fantastic questions. And it's not, unfortunately, just strawberry. It's all of our specialty crops. Uh, We are the specialty crop capital of the country. And that means all between strawberries, white strawberries, um, to blueberries, to I mean, just uh, we do everything from cucumbers and corn, and and we probably I want to say roughly 130 different kinds of commodities uh, that we that we grow here in Florida. But it's been a, a, if multiple reasons why that there's a problem inside agriculture. The first is is what is now the USMCA, which was NASA. Um, we are allowing the Mexican country and the government to literally dump. Uh, fruits and vegetables into our country, pennies on the dollar, Uh, either because they they have less regulations for labor, less regulations for environmental standards, and the government subsidizes a a massive amount of their agriculture. And because at the end of the day, we also know that they're trafficking humans and drugs, and really they don't care if they ever sell one of their tomatoes at, at cost. So that's all coming into our food stores, and it's cheaper And so our buyers at all of our food stores go out and they buy the cheapest foods possible to sell back to their customers. And so we as a customer have the power here. We have to demand um, that we are getting fresh from Florida fruits and vegetables in our food stores during our growing season, that we are not accepting Ecuadorian fruits and we're not accepting Mexican fruits and not buying them. That's one issue that's a huge problem um, that we across the, the state have been lobbying against. Um, with the implementation of
1: the USMCA. Uh, Commissioner, but, uh, um, on, on that note, um, and, and one of the things that should be important to all Floridians, that if we allow our Florida farms to, let's say, die on the vine, so to speak, hmm. um, then we're encouraging urban sprawl uh, because, okay. because those, those farms act as green space around our urban areas in many cases, and especially including uh, here in Tampa, but I'm sure all over the state. And when those farms perish, the uh, the home builder the home builders come in and buy them at a at a less expensive co- you know cost, and then we get urban sprawl. And I'm sorry to interrupt, go ahead.
4: No, but you're absolutely right. Because once that agricultural land is gone, it's, it's gone forever. And that's the the heart of our state. What was agriculture? I mean, my gosh, we we have the the orange on our license plate. Uh, as all of us are Gators, you know, we, we know that the. The name of our our football stadium, Ben Hill Griffin, is the forefather of of agriculture, of citrus here in our state. You know, so our rich history is agriculture, second largest economic driver for our state. We feed 150 million people across the country every single year, export to 37 countries. This is a major economic issue for our state, uh, jobs for our state, food security, national security, um, but also environmental, you know, balance. So you've got the issue with USMCA and NASA. You also have the issue uh, with environmental changes, um, that you are seeing more and more hurricanes that, that come through at, at higher speeds and weather um, that's destroying agriculture. I mean, this is what's happened to a vast majority of our citrus industry, is they can't rebound from so many of our hurricanes. Same thing in Hurricane Michael in the panhandle, decimated $1.3 billion worth of timber. That it will take another 10 to 15 years to grow back.
1: Yeah, that's um, cit- what was that? Citrus greening, I'm sure that's still a huge yep. problem. Mm-hmm. It gets yep. spread by these big winds, right? So even when that's you feel right. like you've got a handle on it, all of a sudden, It doesn't have to hit you directly, but if it's a big wind coming across the state, I think it spreads a lot of those spores. The
3: psyllids. It is the Asian psyllid. It's a tiny little white moth, and what it does is it infects the tree, and that infection gets all the way down to the rootstock, and it actually basically strangles the tree of the life and energy that it needs to produce citrus, and when it does produce citrus, it unfortunately falls off the tree early.
1: You've been hanging out at the Florida State
3: Fair, Jason. Yes, he oh, has. actually yes, so yes, many he has. many years ago. It sure sounds like it. No, many years ago, I drove out to Lake Alfred to meet with the folks at this uh, the uh, Citrus Research Institute, actually run by UF. And though I'm a knoll, I will begrudgingly give you credit for this. And uh, I mean, it's very concerning because one of the things that I spoke to folks out there is. This is an industry that supports tens of thousands of jobs in our state. It's nearly $7 billion in our output, according to uh, the uh, Florida Department of Citrus in 2021. And when those folks lose those jobs because those developments, you know, those growths become over, you know, bulldozed and become housing, where are those folks going to go? Because you know, these are mostly unskilled laborers. They don't have the capacity to transition into urban environments and real concerns there.
0: If you're yep. just joining us, you're listening to Down and
3: Dirty with Mario Nunez
0: and John Dinkfelder on WMNF 88.5 FM or streaming worldwide at WMNF.org. Commissioner, I've got a quick uh, Connor and, and who do we have on the air? Yes, and, t- and joining us today is, is former Ag Commissioner... Uh, and, and present, uh, day, the chairman of the Democratic Party, Ms. Nikki Freed. Nikki, so we haven't had the opportunity to shake hands, meet face to face, and stare into each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. But I was there, uh, when we had that get together, uh, um, th- three or four months ago, uh, at the Tampa Convention Center. And I was there, and I, we, we kind of left a little bit early as things were getting a little crazy and weird. I don't know if you remember, you were giving a rousing, uh, enthusiastic, uh, pep rally type of, Let's get out the vote. Let's let's do what we need to do as good Democrats, but it was going out throughout the canyon and in, in downtown Tampa. And you know what I'm referring to and it was you know, we had a lot of people coming around us that night, and
1: so was that the, an outdoor? Event? Yeah, that was the outdoor yeah. event
0: at the Tampa Convention Center, yeah. and uh, we had all of our the top brass was there, yeah. including Miss Nikki and, and including Kathy Castro. So, I mean, it was a lot, lot going on. But anyway, I would have, I would have met you that night. Uh, we are going to yes. cross, we're going to cross paths again <laughs> here pretty soon, where yes, I can, sure. where I can get the chance to <laughs> invite was, you. It was a
4: beautiful, it was a beautiful evening. Um, I had just been elected chair, so it was. Uh, not, not to. If that's the one you're talking about, um, right outside the convention center. Yeah. Right yes. yes,
2: yes.
0: It was a it was beautiful, beautiful evening. The food yes. was good. The, the, the. Of course, the company was amazing because we had all of our big players there, and and it was wonderful. Just a little bit weird when the uh, when the Trump acolytes started to to yell things from the background
1: like Trump, yeah. Trump. <laughs> Well, that's Dad. when I started yelling, Dad. "Security, security!" <laughs> well, uh, Commissioner, we we have met once or twice. I I was uh, did ten years on Tampa City Council, but uh, more more importantly, my wife, who is uh, uh, delegated to answer the phone today, um, Lynn Marvin Dingfelder. And the funny thing is, I didn't get a master's in campaigning, but I actually got a PhD in campaigning because I met and married. The former Hillsborough County chair of the Democratic Party, and she's on the air right now.
2: Sweet talking man. (laughs) This is how
1: he's kept you around. (laughs) But anyway, we've—I think how many campaigns did we run? Politics
2: is our life, boy. Six, six, campaigns.
1: six, seven campaigns. We we ran out of our
2: my my gray hair shows it
1: out of our out of our our living room. But listen, uh, as uh, as uh, very involved Dems are all sitting around this table. We, we appreciate uh, you taking that on. I know it's mm-hmm. not... Really, one of the hardest tasks in the state. But it's like
3: turn, trying to turn an oil tanker around in a kiddie pool. But if anybody can do it, she can.
4: I appreciate. It. I was actually when, uh, and I was starting to run for chair. People could say, "You know, normally people don't jump onto the Titanic after it hits the iceberg." <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, where's my bell?
1: There it is. There you go. <laughs> that was that was very nice. I, I hadn't heard that before, but that's beautiful. Well, let's talk about the uh, proverbial elephant in the room. <laughs> hmm. uh-huh. Well done. Um, <laughs> the uh, what are we going to do to, to turn Florida at least purple, if not blue again, uh, Commissioner, and yeah. now Chairwoman uh, Freed?
4: Yeah, it's a couple of things. First of all, our state is still purple. Uh, the people that live here, the issues that are important to all of us is very much purple. You can't have a state that elected me as Commissioner of Agriculture four and a half years ago, who has passed every constitutional ballot initiative from from medical marijuana to restoration of civil rights to $15 minimum wage and all by 60%, 70% and think our state is red. You know, the problem is, is that we haven't been showing up to the ballot box to prove that we are purple. Um, but that's what we're going to do. Uh, I mean, we have to make sure that we're going back to the basics. That's everything from bringing back in-house uh, voter registration. It has been farmed out to third parties for the last few election cycles. And so, of course, we are seeing a huge increase of our NPAs uh, and not as much of our Democrats because we haven't been going out there and doing the voter registration. We also haven't been doing the year-round organizing. That has stopped. We are Every day our Democrats are going out into the streets. We ha- didn't last in 2022. We didn't field 67 candidates, whether it was House, Senate, or Congressional. That is a huge morale boost, uh, morale dimmer in, in in any county or or area where you don't have a full slate of candidates. Um, we are going to be making sure that we're talking about the actual issues that people on the streets care about every single day. That's property insurance, that's access Mm -hmm. to food, that's access to healthcare, that that's rent. Um, that is affordability. We're right now the, the most unaffordable state in the nation, the highest inflation in the nation is in Florida. Um, and so you know what we're just talking about that at the top of, of this conversation is that the Republicans have been touting all these people that have moved into our state we, the numbers we've been hearing for five years thousand people move to our state every single day but we weren't ready we weren't ready we, we, because of all of that influx is why we have high rents and high property well there's lots of reasons for the property insurance that's a whole nother conversation but you know, property insurance and more traffic and, and more congestion and less access to, to health care and the highest teacher shortage in the country. And, and environmentally, it is damaging our state because we haven't hardened our state, haven't protected our greenways. And, and so now we have a real situation here in our state that the Democrats are ready to serve. They're ready to come up with solutions to all of these issues. And it's been almost 30 years since the Democrats have been in charge and this is what we have to show for it
0: if you'd like to join the conversation you can call us at 81323996 63, email us at dj, <clears throat> DJ at wmnf.org. Or you can text us because apparently a lot of people do that these days, John, at 813 <laughs> 4330885 Nikki, we talked about it at the top of the show, uh, part and parcel to what you're referring to. Uh, even the coral now is bleaching off of, the, of our Gulf Coast. And, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, we, we need we need the coral. That it provides not just habitat for, for fish, but it protects like the mangroves do our shorelines. This is something that is in, innate, and, and we need to do all we can to convince people, listen, if you're going to move here, and we don't mind that kind of, sort of, just be responsible and help pull the rope in this direction because the resources are finite and limited. And, and right. you know, we, we, we lose precious um, ground every year, acreage to, you know, things that, like disease of the, of the uh, you know, the, the plants, and we're, we're, we're just... We're in a heck of a firestorm right now, quite literally, and uh, and we need
1: all hands on deck. Yeah, but we've got a governor who is <laughs> who no is. Point. I didn't want to talk oh, about him. I, was, no, no, I didn't no, want no, to. I not want to mention him unless we're going to mention the, the fact he is the elephant in the room, and uh, I got to mention him because he vetoed the electric car bill yesterday and or this week, and which I just found absolutely amazing. When I was on city council, it was one of my big priorities. It was one of the city's big priorities to shift over at all opportunities to electric vehicles. And apparently the legislature almost unanimously on both sides of the aisle a couple of months ago passed this bill to encourage local governments to have electric electric cars, obviously to at least partially address uh, global climate change. So here we have the governor by himself, out there, an uh, absentee governor running around the country mm-hmm. thinking he's going to be president. And he vetoes it. He probably vetoed it long distance. Commissioner, any thoughts?
4: Yeah, I've got lots of thoughts. It, you know, this is just one of the many of the environmental failures of, of this administration. I mean, it, he did this not because that was a good public policy. He did it because he was trying to get to the ethanol um, growers and, and, the, and the corn people out in, in Iowa. There you this go. This has nothing to do with Florida. This is nothing to do with trying to make sure that we are protecting our environments. Everything to do with his presidential campaign. And, and they they get, get those pet, get Yep.
0: Get those We're Petro dollars okay. coming in, right? Nikki, I, I have a question for you. It kind of a serious one. Uh, did you or have you ever seen uh, Ron DeSantis eat pudding with his fingers? I've just got to. <laughs> oh. Right? That's disgusting. But does he also know that he's got zero, and when I say zero chance, you know, like sometimes you hear people go, oh, so you're saying I have a chance. He's got zero chance of being the, the nominee for the Republican Party. What is he doing flying around, making a nuisance of himself, annoying everyone because he's got zero personality and zero charisma, and yet he's absentee, as John just said, and, and his state is on fire. What do we do?
4: Yep. The state is absolutely on fire uh, um, on every aspect. You know, we just went through it. I mean, I can continue giving the list. I'm actually in about two minutes heading out to Jacksonville, where our vice president is going to be uh, talking about what they did yesterday or, or this week you know, with the Department of Education, you know, saying that, that slaves benefited from their enslavement. I mean, the, the state is literally on fire. We are banning books. We, we are, you know, questioning um, presidential searches because his favorite person isn't on a finalist list.
0: We're reteaching and black history, Nikki? We're doing that too now? That just came down <laughs> here recently? We're, yeah. we're, we're trying to, you know, re-edit American history as it relates to slavery? And don't say gay. Yes, right. Don't say and gay. And, and I right. say gay. I'll say I just yep, said it. Yep.
4: So our state's on fire. And, and, you know, I have made a promise to the people of this state that, one, especially Democrats, that we're never going to have a November 2022 loss like we did. And, two, that Ron DeSantis is never going to be president of the United States. And so, have I seen him eat pudding? No. Oh, thank you for thank back you for to the going question. back to that. Thank you for going back
0: to the original question, Nikki. And you know, I, full disclosure, I was on Team Nikki Freed when you uh, were running for governor, and I was very uh, disappointed and and downhearted when um, when that didn't happen. Right? I, you know, we, we all know what what took place, but um, I, I just thought you would have been a much more formidable. Uh, Opponent, uh, being the only statewide elected Democrat on the cabinet. Uh, And only the second woman.
1: And and only the second. I think the only the second woman, Betty Castor, and you, right? No, no,
4: Alex Alex, Alex Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, I'm
1: trolling. My friend Alex Sinks can be mad at me.
0: The phone's (laughs) ringing now. The phone's ringing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but we just we 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 are so grateful uh, as a, as part of democratic nation we're so grateful to have you uh there at the helm because we know you don't you don't back up we know you're an inside fighter and we know you don't shy away from a good fight
2: i have a quick question if i can sure can insert guys um nikki how do we re-engage the young ones who are disengaged. Not everyone cares about the color of the coral. Uh, I understand we want to hit them in their pocketbook and and have them understand that this is important to them. But how do we bring them back? Politics has changed so much in the last decade. It's gotten so nasty that has turned people off. How do we bring them back without being nasty? When the other side is going to be nasty?
4: Yeah. So we, to your point, this generation is needs to be engaged. They, here in the state of Florida, we've got the second largest uh, student population. Only, only California is larger than us. And so what I have been able to do is, one, create a youth council. So I've got about That's 35 good. to 50 of our 35 and under, so everything from college Dems, young Dems, um, high school Dems, and those that are involved already in a lot of the youth movement that we meet once a month. Um, they've broken themselves down into committees. Um, we are going to be then hiring a statewide youth coordinator. We are going to be having a director on every single one of our colleges and university campuses, uh, deputy co- and deputy directors, and we're going to talk, and we have already been giving them the microphone. Um, they were at my Unity Rally in May. Uh, we had Leadership Blue a week and a half ago. Uh, they not only helped to coordinate the whole weekend, um, I had them on stage they were part of. They were part of what we are doing here. Um, the issues that we're talking about. We're actually going to be doing a college tour, um, September, October, hitting all of our universities and colleges, and talking about the issues that they actually care about. Because you're right. But the issues they care about is gun violence. Right, they they right. have had an entire generation that has been doing active shooting drills in their schools. Wow. Mm-hmm. The wow. Entire t- they have been seeing their, their colleagues and their friends in the LGBTQ plus community being attacked and bullied and told mm-hmm. they don't belong. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seeing their teachers leaving the classroom. They're seeing their, their, their higher ed system being dumbed down, professors leaving and not coming back. Um, and, of course, going after a woman's right to choose. So you have a pissed off generation mm and we've just got to give them the tools to
2: say this you have the keys drive with us well, it's the a, baton. The we have to pass the baton. I mean, because... Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. There's
0: I've got some emails here that I'd that. like Thank to you. share with you, Nikki. If you've got a moment, just let me read a couple of them. We'll do them as quickly as we can. This sure. one comes in. It says, I'd like to know if, if Nikki's excited about working with Angela Birdsong, the new president of the Democratic Black Caucus here in Hillsborough County. and uh, and And can you send some love and money so we can deliver the 60,000 registered black voters to the polls? That comes from... Angela Birdsong. So you got a conversation to be having with Miss Birdsong, apparently. Nikki?
4: Yes. Well, first of all, uh, the Black Caucus was uh, significantly important um, in my race in 2018, my race in 2022, and then put me over the top uh, for my chair's race as well. So I I am very uh, hats off and and very um, appreciative of all the help from the Black Caucus across the entire state, And, and so much so that we have appointed a vice chair. Um, of the party that his sole responsibility is black outreach, black engagement, uh, year round organizing, investment and in black owned media, uh, and have for the first time ever allocated uh, additional resources in an off cycle year um, for those efforts. Uh, and so this is a very large priority for, for us, and they've already been working on uh, working through all of that. And, and so this is a very big priority. Um, so, yes, I'm looking forward to, to working hand in hand. Uh, As we come to Hillsborough and we all work together, turn off the
0: vote. Miss Angela, there's the answer to your email. There's another email that comes in from Jane from St. Pete. It says, this is a great show today. So glad to have Nikki Freed on. Now let's GOTV, which is the acronym for Get Out the Vote. Enough of Republican rule. We must take our state back. And again, that's from Jane in St. Pete.
3: Jason, so well, I want to build on something. You know, we're talking about trying to get young people out to vote. And you know, as we may or may not be aware, we have uh, cannabis potentially going to be on the ballot in 2024. Jason's
1: sort of young.
3: Sort of young. I would, 35 <laughs> there, in October, does that count? 35. Do, do, where do I count? I don't know where 35? I Let's go, let's yeah. get the cannabis going. Let's go. But, but to that effect, you know, talk about something that could be a driver for Re- young people. Recreational. Yeah, motivating people to get to the polls. Uh, you know, wh- what can we be doing to help support this initiative? I know
1: Ashley Moody, our uh, local uh, state. Uh, our
3: uh, our
4: uh, local plant city uh, past Robbery Queen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and interestingly, Nikki, you went to law school. Former Florida Gator as well. Yeah. Yep,
4: Yep. Mm-hmm. I went to undergrad and law school with mm-hmm.
1: Ashley. It's funny. But anyway, Jason, go ahead. But
3: but what can we do to help support that initiative? What are we seeing from the Republican legislature and from the governor's office and obviously from Mrs. Moody to to stop that initiative? And I guess, you know, what are we going to do about the fact that we have what's already the nation's third largest cannabis market? It's like, why aren't we finding a way to tap this resource, further tax it and use it as you know a way to help improve our state?
4: Right. Well, and obviously, I think everybody should know by now, uh, especially your listeners, that that I have have been, will continue to be uh, a huge proponent of not just federal, state legalization, but federal legalization and expungement. Um, in fact, I am now on the normal board, um, including one of your other locals um, down in your neck of the woods on, on Coast Normal. Um, and so what we can do right now, first of all, they've got the signatures. Uh, they got the signatures to get it onto the ballot. Uh, I think they just hit over a million or close to a million signatures. Fantastic. Yep. And so it is now waiting, I believe, the oral argument is in August, uh, where you will have those proponents of the Constitutional Ballot Initiative and then, of course, um, our Attorney General on the opposite side of that. And then it's going to depend on what the court does. If the court says green light, um, this language can go on to the ballot, I have no doubt in my mind that it will pass. But it will be upon all of us to get the word out there, making sure people know that cannabis is on the 24 ballot, the legislature is not going to fight this. Ninety-five percent of the legislature, including Republicans, are all annoyed that this is even still a conversation topic. Um, you know, they want, obviously, restrictions on age, and they want to make sure that their products are safe, which of course. Um, but and the governor has um, not said anything about the constitutional ballot initiative, but he is not a proponent of um, – of cannabis
1: how many states have already done recreational commissioner
4: so we right now have roughly I want to say about 39 states that have either that have a medical program um, and 12 states that have completely legalized right and it's no
1: and it's no big right deal now. Colorado uh, Washington State New York the mm-hmm. whole left coast <laughs> they've been doing it for a while. And, and, and
4: lots of money coming
1: in. And successfully, that's right, yeah. economic driver. Mario, what do you got? Well,
0: I've got another email. I need to read this one to you, Nikki. This is important. It says, listen to Nikki and vote! Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. She's working with smaller red counties like Hernando and Citrus. She is brave, young, and knows how to organize the youth. Who's this Nikki
1: person we're yeah, talking I don't really, about? I don't,
0: I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. I'm a member of WMNF for many, many years, and I'm happy you are bringing this subject to us today. This is
1: Liz from Spring Hill. Thank you so much, Liz. And for those of us who have just tuned in, this is WMNF, uh, Tampa, WMNF.org on your on your internet. Uh, Down internet. and Dirty is our show with Mario Nunez, myself, John Dingfelder. And our special guest today is Nikki Freed, who is a former commissioner of agriculture and she's now chair of the Florida Democrats. That's quite Party.
0: an important job people don't realize. I mean, you, you have to realize Florida being, you know, the agric- agricultural center that it is.
1: Well, and then consumer affairs is huge yeah. and nobody thinks about
0: that.
3: Every part. time somebody gets gouged for a bottle of water after a hurricane, yep. it's that office that's mm-hmm. trying to help protect, you know, innocent consumers from people who would take advantage of folks. I mean, like it's it's an enormous scope and scale of a job when you consider we're the third most populated state in the United States. I mean, we're talking from you know, from the tip of the panhandle all the way down to the keys, that's a lot of people who need help. Hence, wouldn't she have made a wonderful governor? Yes, yeah, she would.
0: Okay. All right. All right. I'm
3: going to ring my own bell on that
0: one. Yeah. Please. So, <laughs>
1: so jumping back a little bit uh, to the the governor, the current governor, I won't mention his name. No. I want to give him free press. No. But the current governor's— is uh, pudding fingers, piss poor <laughs> and, environmental record. Um, the, in regard to you know he 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 tried to throw some money what to the Everglades and some other types of cleanups. But he's not addressing the core issues in terms mm-hmm. of what's causing these things. And he, and they just, I'm sure he wrote, and the legislature passed, really an anti-environmental and anti-land use uh, bill that that ties the hands of that's local government too. and doesn't let us direct growth where it needs to be. Nikki?
4: Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the issues. I mean, if you are governor of the state of Florida, it is part of your job description to bring down federal dollars for the Everglades. Like, that is just, that is part of being a Florida governor. But everything else associated with it, he has dropped the ball. There was a blue-green algae task force in 2019 that he was trying to be all environmentally savvy for and then never did anything with it. Um, Vetoed this past year all of the money for infrastructure. And just really, I mean, look what happened at Piney Point. And I could get no answers from DEP. And there has been even... talking through, cleaning up, and closing down the rest of the gypsum stacks. Chip stacks. Oh, I don't understand.
3: Now we're going to use them to make roads. That's right. Now we're going <laughs> to use them to make
4: roads. Thank
3: you, Representative Lawrence McClure, for taking <laughs> well, your $250,000 party courtesy of Mosaic. We won't
1: need any street lights out on those new roads because no, they're be going to glow in the they'll dark. be glowing. They'll, they'll be, be glowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, on a serious note, we've also got manatee die-offs um, yeah. big time on the East Coast, probably over here, too
4: and that is correct and, and there's been no energy towards any of this you know we all you know look we, we all have if you've grown up in my in, in florida at all you, you've grown up to love the manatees and the fact that we have done such a horrific job protecting our environment that our beloved manatees are dying off starving <laughs> starving, <laughs> so starving to death right because the seagrass is gone Yep. No,
3: it's so, like you think about the examples of what our state is. How people understand us—manatees and citrus—and
1: they they're both going the way of the dodo. On the east coast, they have to actually literally buy lettuce, iceberg lettuce, yep. and throw it in and feed the the native manatees. That's horrific. Yep, that's right.
2: It's um, but
4: yet, but yet, we we uh, you know, we banned books and we go after LGBTQ plus community members and. Uh, We make it harder to vote, and the list can go on and on, and we ban abortions, and we have permitless carry. But the actual real issues that need to be addressed, uh, we've got nobody serious in the governor's office, the legislature, except the Democrats who every single legislative session tries to pass bills um, that are going to protect the environment and protect the
1: people of our state. I I was thinking maybe we we need to get busloads of folks to go to Iowa and New Hampshire so (laughs) we can find our governor. Yes. yes. What an excellent I, I, I
3: idea! Heading, Have you seen him up
4: there at some point this year, um, while he is in Iowa? So I will definitely invite the, the citizens of our state to go find our governor. Where is where is uh, where is where,
1: where's Waldo? Where is where is <laughs> Waldo? When will that be where, happening, Miss Nikki? Because where is Ronnie?
0: I want to give you the opportunity very much so to to join me on the Tampa native show. And then we can have a call to action and we can have everybody going up there. Because I, I just think, you know, a sign, a pro- properly placed sign saying, have you seen our governor would make would make the evening news, certainly.
1: If you have a direct question you'd like to give uh, to uh, com- former Ag Commissioner Nikki Freed, now Florida chair of the Democratic Party, uh, we would love to hear from you on uh, 813-239-9663. Or you can email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Jason, what do you got? So so one more question. I'm curious, what is your outlook for 2024? You know, as you mentioned, you know,
3: we talked about 2022 being probably about the worst possible year to be a Democrat in the state of Florida. I mean, we felt the hurt locally here, losing two wonderful county commissioners in Kimberly Overman and Mary Ella Smith. Amen. What are we, what is the party and what are you aiming to do specifically to sort of, you know, as you mentioned, build candidates where we didn't have a full slate? you or know, uh, bring in um, national money that didn't exist in the 2022 cycle. What, what behind the scenes, I guess, can, can you disclose that, that is going on to help build a uh, more successful Florida Democratic Party going
4: forward? I mean, it's everything. I, I mean, I walked in on February 25th and Matt Gavel, and I looked under the hood, and there was nothing here. Mm. So we are really rebuilding this party from scratch. And so we are looking at 24, uh, two kind of, two paths. We can have a, a floor. Um, which is, you know, we pull back our, our blue counties to truly being blue. Uh, even if it's by one point in Miami-Dade, they're at least back to the trend of being blue. We're protecting our uh, incumbents, especially our Miami-Dade mayor. Uh, the two ballot initiatives, both cannabis and reproductive health care, passed. Uh, we flipped six to eight of our house seats to get us out of a super minority. Those are the bare minimums, and that absolutely is going to get accomplished in 24 feeling though that's up to your listeners that that's people running for office that's organizing that is getting out and talking about the issues that we were, have been discussing this whole time and making sure that people understand what democrats are going to do for them when they're in office because too often we talk about the other side what they have done what they've continued to do and as long as we are talking about the issues that are important to the people that we're coming up with solutions and what will happen when Democrats are in office. That's how we're going to make sure that not only are we getting Democrats out to vote, that we are pulling MTAs to break for us, and even true conservative Republicans um, who understand that this Republican Party of Florida are not conservatives. There is nothing conservative about going after big businesses. There is nothing conservative about the largest state budget in Florida's history. There is nothing conservative about just the complete overreach of government and taking away local control. Uh, and so for those Republicans that may be listening or are finding that the Republican Party of Florida is no longer their home, we're going to have a big tent and make sure that the issues that we're also addressing are um, resonate with
1: them as well. Right. And spending, by the way, millions of dollars addressing the immigration issues okay. in mm-hmm. California and Martha's Vineyard and places like that. But I wanted to jump over to Lynn of uh, Lynn Marvin Dingfelder for a second. And and there's too much testosterone in this side of the room. <laughs> um, talk For the two of you to talk about this choice uh, and reproductive rights issue. Lenny. I know you feel strongly about it.
2: Well, I just... You know, sometimes I worry that it, it almost hurts us more than it helps us. And, and I know we need to stand up for it. But I think that um, when you have a very strong religious community fighting against you and telling people how to vote, oh, we, we just keep hitting brick walls. How do you get around those walls? What can we do, Nikki, to, to let um, everyone understand, men and women, how important this is to all of us?
4: Well, first of all, 75% of Floridians did not want a six-week abortion ban. Um, So the people are already with us. Uh, The people that, I mean, at this point, I would have to think that every individual over the age of 18, um, every individual knows where they are on abortion. You're you're not going to be able to have a debate with somebody and change somebody's mind and perspective. But what we also are going to be able to do is tell us the real stories of what is happening you know, the, the, the woman who is 16 weeks pregnant and has um, her water breaks and gets into the, <clears throat> into the emergency room and they tell her that her baby is not going to survive. But there's nothing that they could do about it because she's at 16 weeks mm. uh, and Jeez. sends her home for her to give birth in a bathroom in her beauty parlor where she almost bled out mm. and was in a coma. That's a real story of somebody who is being impacted by a 15 week abortion ban here in our state.
2: And the rape those victims, stories, that's horrible, you know, that, that you're chills. a victim and then you have to go through with that. It's just horrifying.
4: It's horrifying. And so we're going to be continuing to hear those stories uh, of women who are having to make a, that impossible decision um, and the women that aren't able to get out of our state, you know, and now that they're requiring that even if you are a victim of rape or incest, you have to prove it. Mm. So you've not only, you know, a 15-year-old girl who may have been raped by her stepdad and is scared to tell her mom. Right. And they don't realize it until she's possibly, you know, showing. um, And then what? Yeah.
0: I have a quick email that I'd like to read. Right. Nikki, bear with me for just a moment. <clears throat> just a good one. It just came in. It says, The most immediate and meaningful in many, many ways the benefits of electric cars are purely economic. Even end users buying them one by one, at what is slightly a higher purchase point, the total cost of earners- ownership is significantly lower. The move by our fascist governor, along with hundreds of millions of dollars, we don't earn annually due to the ban on DEI investments, which are far more productive than the alternative, is just contributing to the decline of this state. That comes from Charles in Tampa. Thank you, Charles. And Nikki, I, I, I wonder if if our governor <clears throat> and this, this particular group of leaders in Tallahassee are kind of turning our state into... Uh, the proverbial canary in the coal mine. I mean, is that what they're trying to do with our beautiful state? All of which, you know, you and me and John were born here, and Jason got here as quickly as he could, even if it was just three weeks ago. <laughs> but you know, w- what are they doing to Florida? What are what are they doing? Because it's they are doing to Florida in changing the dynamic that it's it's becoming un, unsustainable.
1: And by the way, my my grown children, uh, one of which is about your age, Nikki, uh, they refuse to come back to Florida, and they often cite. Uh, sea level rise. So Florida is one of the most vulnerable places, and yet we seem to be ke- keep turning our back on this uh, global climate change issue. Commissioner?
4: Yeah, I mean, that is a it, that, this is not something that just popped up on us. This is something that has been discussed uh, since Lawton Childs w- w- was governor of our state. We know that we have an environmental disaster on our hands, and unfortunately that hasn't been addressed. You know, we couldn't even say climate change or climate crisis under Governor Scott. You know, and now, you know, he wants to get reelected. And that we are going to be fighting hard to make sure that that we take down Rick Scott, who spent eight years denying that that the climate was actually changing and putting in guardrails. Um, And and so, yeah, they, they completely have neglected it. You know, when you start seeing every time that it rains, it floods in our coastal communities in South Florida. Um, that you're soon not going to be able to have a 30-year mortgage. Mortgage companies aren't going to give a 30-year mortgage if you live on the coastal communities of South Florida. This is going to have an economic impact um, and that we need serious leaders. But the problem is is that Ron doesn't care. Ron is already, his eyes are already on his failed POTUS primary, and, and so he's left. And every single decision that he has made, every single decision that he has made, is to benefit his political career, his and Casey's. It's also not. This is a it's a dual combination. There, you know, I'm I'm hearing rumblings that she's eyeing 2026 run for governor. So this is something that everybody in our state needs to understand. Uh, what the two of them are doing is virtually all about them. And nothing about the people of our state or the environment.
1: They are the elephants in the room, Mario. All of a sudden, our phones ringing up. Phones are blowing up a lot. Four up about, minutes. To yeah, go. It's, it's, well, a little more than four. But but this, it's,
0: I just need to read this one, Nikki, because I wait, think. Wait, would, wait,
1: let's take a call. Yeah. My, my, we got,
0: Lenny, any of those calls good? We got. We, let me read this while we're while we're deciding, Nikki. It says, Nikki, I would vote for you to p- replace the governor or Senator Skeletor or Marco. Please run. I wanted to get that out right, Senator Skeletor. So yes. Yes, please please run, Nikki. Run, run, Nikki, run. <laughs> Do, have we got a couple of minutes left? Should we try one of these calls? What's yeah. that first one there? All right, let's go. This gentleman is, or this person has been waiting the longest on the air. Caller, can you hear us? You're on the air. Quickly. Hello, caller. Yes, I can. yes sir. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, good afternoon. Well, good morning. Yes, my name is Nibidi. I'm the local attorney, and I commend the work being done. But as an African American, I can constantly say, and we're in the largest donor item, the room. With the affluent African American of the state, because Florida has one of the largest
2: gains employment
1: uh, payrolls in the, sta- in the country as for as African Americans. We hear the constant rumblings the promises that have been empty. And when the Democratic Party comes to a local black organization uh, with outdated, uh, really questioning rhetoric, I'm just kind of curious. Yes, there was a follow up meeting, and would you? So I'm having a little bit of a difficulty with Thank hearing Blasto. the question. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, bottom line is on your question, sir.
2: Yes,
4: my question is all the things that are being said. Well done, but I I
1: query the black community and the plight of all of this. And the court votes the promises have been left unanswered and promises are outstanding. I do commend the work. Keep up the good work. I'll take my answer off there. Thank you, all.
0: Thank you, sir. So that's that's uh, basically what we're talking about is the new leadership, and we've got to give Nikki a chance to rally the troops, right? And we, we heard from Angela Bursong here locally. I think that's what, what the caller was referring to, that, you know, don't come courting us if you're not yep. going to follow through and stay with us. So, Nikki, your, well, your thoughts.
4: Correct. No, that, that, that's absolutely correct. And that's things that, that I talked a lot about as commissioner and when I was running for governor is, is that we too, free, in, too frequently we go to our minority communities right before an election and ask for the vote. Uh, and haven't done anything in the interim to serve, to give back, and to make sure that the issues that we campaigned on, you know, which is why it was really important as my four years as commissioner, I created the first ever um, diversity and Inclusion Director, the first ever LGBTQ advocate, elevated our consumer um, events, Uh, we made sure that we were looking at energy efficiency disparages in our minority communities, Uh, we focus a lot on consumer health in our communities, and especially... During times of crisis like hurricanes, we know that so many of our minority communities are left out in the lurch um, where they don't have financial resources. They aren't the first ones to get FEMA. They aren't the first ones to get support. Right. Um, on rebuilding or even clearing out the home.
1: And Commissioner, and, uh, I I, w- I would think there's a built-in issue there in terms of the governor and the legislature doing all this anti-woke stuff. I mean, basically, let's let's pretend that slavery never existed in the Civil War, you know, not, none of that era ever happened, and also the post-Civil War and the Jim Crow and everything else. Let's just pretend it never happened and not educate any of our students about that. I think that's a built-in issue for the minority community
0: the dumbing down of florida duh mm-hmm. indeed as we come to the close of the show nikki free thank you so so very much for Truly. accommodating us today and taking the whole hour with us we were nervous we were going to lose you and then just sit here with dead air as we didn't know what to do <laughs> but <laughs> but thank you so much for being with us today and Truly. we really appreciate you. Yes, we support thank you. you thank you we support you in anything we can do to help you going down the road please, please let us know
1: please touch base with us any Anytime you've got issues, you want to get out there, Please. or when you come into town, we'd love to have you in the studio, of course. A hundred percent. This
2: Absolutely. woman believes in you, Nikki. I know you can thank do you it. Too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We, we are, we're motivating this
4: party. We're inspiring the next generation, and we're going to get out the vote and take back our state.
2: here here. Thank You're you here. so much. Have a great
0: day. Lastly, as we, as we come to the close of yet another fabulous edition of Down and Dirty with Mario Nunez and John Dingfelder, a shout-out to Anthony Dominic Benedetto who today boarded that last train. You guys know him better as Tony Bennett. Uh, He left his heart in San Francisco for so many years, and it... Two weeks before his 97th birthday. Let's go out singing it. He's left him, yeah. I, I left, left my
1: heart oh, I got in you one better. San
3: Francisco. I got you one better. I, I got a special special little thing. Well, let me go ahead us. and close oh, it yeah, out. On behalf up. of my broadcast
0: partner, John Dingfelder, our engineer, Jason Marlowe, our phone screener, and part-time producer, Lynn Marvin Dingfelder, I'm Mario Nunez wishing you salute and happy days. We'll be on the lookout for you next week. Stay tuned now for The Skinny with Ray Roa, Ben Montgomery, and Mitch Perry. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody you. <laughs>